everybody, welcome to episode 76 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Mr. Paul Robinson. You sound a little bit better today. Mm, Or this week, I guess. Yeah, it's happening. Getting better. It's hanging on. Yeah, you've been taking some some supplements and whatnot. I've always been doing that. Yeah. It didn't help you not get sick. What can, oh. what can you do? There's just so much a disgusting coworker coughing all over everything can do, right? Yeah, seriously. Gross. Um, so today, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about color grading. Yay. Yeah. It's not very... It's it's um, an important step in the process. It's a process I'm currently going through. Mm. And it's also um, very difficult to kind of master. Master. It's your master. Uh, I killed your master. That's the that's, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, that's the quote I was trying it. to get to. I get it. Um, <clears throat> so, because color grading is it's it's an important, like I said, it's an important step in process. But it, it you can take some beautiful stuff that you shot and completely destroy it if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could always put it back. It's not like. Well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, and I think you know because we shoot raw. Everybody shoots raw. Blah blah blah. And uh, I just want to take a second to thank Red for that because they really started the whole raw revolution, you know. Mm-hmm. They're the first company to say, hey, you can have access to all this information straight off the sensor so you can manipulate it later, like color balance and exposure and ISO. And, and what ISO. were people doing prior to this? Not that. So no one color corrected before Red came No, along. they did, but they didn't have the um, the amount of flexibility you know, to really push and pull the image. You know, if if something was too bright, it only had a certain amount of latitude in which they could pull it down. Or if it was too dark, when they were trying to raise up the image, it, it would, you know, wouldn't be a lot of information in there. Mm-hmm. So then the advent of RAW came along and, and kind of changed the game for everybody because now you can really manipulate the image so much that you can make it look however you want. And that's the goal, right, is you want it to look as much like Film. What you want it to look like? Yeah, well, yeah. You want to make we wanted to you want to make it look as much like film as possible. I believe the word you're looking for is cinematic. Yeah, uh, and there's no hard and fast way to make something look cinematic. It's just you know, there's so many things: it's lighting, composition, and direction, and there will be something that'll yeah. happen. Yeah, um, and so with that gave us the ability to manipulate the image as much as we want, which is a, a good and bad thing. Because now, here's the thing with color grading, right? What's the thing with color grading, Paul? Is that you can do so much to the image. It's really easy. It's kind of like a, a string of yarn in a ball. And you start pulling on that to try to, like, get the image to look good. And then as you keep trying to mess mm-hmm. with the image, before you know it, you have a big mess and you got to start all over again. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. Because um, I'm a bit of a, uh, you know, I get lost in the details. Stronzo? Yeah, I get lost in the details a lot, so... But one of the things that I would highly recommend anybody that's a, a novice colorist like myself is there's this um, plugin from a company called Time in Pixels, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a false color plugin. So basically, you could take the false color that you would use when you're exposing on set and then use that while you're grading. So you put it at the end of your grade, and you can see what parts of your shots are underexposed, what parts are overexposed, because... As we all know, when you color grade something, it may look great on your monitor, then you slap it on your TV and it looks like hell. Doo-doo. 
but then it looks great on your phone or something, you know? So trying to find a, a grade that works on everything is impossible, but you have to find, you know, but as a consumer, when you're going to watch something on Netflix, you can watch it on your TV or your phone or your laptop. Yeah. And it looks pretty consistent in terms of, you know, they probably, I don't, and I don't know the technology behind that, but even on YouTube, which I know they don't have the technology to determine what you're watching and then serve you a different file, mm. you know, that's color graded for that specific device. So I know that there's, you know, there's a, there's a way to balance it all out. And so that's what I've been learning lately is, is how to, how to balance all that out and using this plug in time and pixels, knowing that, you know, skin tones is, and is always very important. In, in achieving this cinematic look, mm-hmm. you know, in the grade, as it were. And so having the ability to know exactly when your skin tones are exposed properly is a huge help. And so that's kind of what I'm doing now is I'm going through the grade with, I'm basically regrading it now mm-hmm. with that plugin to kind of set my exposure throughout the whole film. You mean as opposed to just buying a whole new television because... It's probably well. We need a new television, so we that, don't. I stand by that. We don't. Yeah, actually, yeah. when I turn it on, there's still a picture on there. Yeah, and I don't have any busted pixels in the corner. No, TV no, still no, works. Yeah, yeah, but um, it is a good what seven years old. Okay, so here's Five my question old, to you. Like so when you put the film on the TV and you're like, well, obviously the TV's garbage and we have to buy a new one because it doesn't look the same as it does on my monitor. I and mean, that's a, a bit of an exactly, exaggeration. But, well, yeah. pretty much what happened. Um, <laughs> How exactly were you able to determine that the cinematography in the show Dark was some of the best that you've ever seen? Because mm-hmm. I don't recall watching that on a pineapple. So uh, pineapple. how is it that that show was able to grade to your subpar piece of crap television, but you couldn't? Because they're better than me. Okay, so it's not the TV is my point, is that you can't in, in this process if you're no, color grading you can't take your image to something else and say well it must automatically be whatever it is if you put it on an ipad let's say and you're like this doesn't look the same on my ipad as it does on my monitor it's not necessarily the yeah but the, how, the ipad how or else the, am i going to feel be- good about myself if i don't blame the device well exactly you know i have to blame it on the tv because it's certainly not me because i'm amazing it's obviously you <laughs> Um, so yeah, so color grading, um, and your mounds of frustration, um, are, are speaking volumes lately. Yeah. This. Yeah. It's very frustrating, but at the same time, it's, it's, there's always the thing that I go through whenever I, I'm learning something very difficult like this, um, is to blame everything around you. Yeah. <laughs> it's their TV's fault. Stupid TV. Well, it's obviously the television's fault. We have to move to Connecticut and buy a monkey. There's the only way. It's the only way that's going to look better. Yeah, obviously. That's what all the pros do. So the thing about whenever I'm learning something new is there's always, I always hit that light bulb moment, the aha mo- moment. It's on my throat there. And in this case, I think learning how to properly expose an image is that moment, how to properly expose your skin tones on, you know, it's something you, sh- you should always know. It seems basic, but it's something that's easily kind of not thought about because you're a lot of people like myself that are novice graders are just looking at the image and grading it to see, make sure nothing's blown out. And you're looking at your scopes and making sure that whatever, mm. and just making it look, just eyeing it, you know, but having the ability to see exactly what's in, what's exposed properly is um, important. And, and what I suggest 
people do, which is what I did, is to take stills or video clips of stuff that they've seen that they know looks good on their TV if it's a crappy TV that they want to buy mm-hmm. a new one for no reason. Mm-hmm. They take then bring that into DaVinci Resolve and see how Resolve looks at that image and then you break it down, right? So I took an, uh, a still of a f- film that was a darker film mood-wise, like grade-wise, and I brought that in and I wanted to see where the exposure fell on that image. And I found that I'm exposing my image as much brighter than before because we would watch our stuff on there and I'm like, God, this face just looks a little blown out, you yeah. know, and face looks flat and, and there's no detail here. Um, so I'm regrading this weekend with that mentality in mind and, you know, stay tuned next week when we find out the results. <laughs> when you've murdered somebody. Yeah. I have, a, I have a good feeling about this and if it looks good, cause it's like, you know, when you, when you're a musician, musicians will get this. When you want go to the studio and record something, you always do the crappy stereo test. You want to make sure that it still sounds good on a crappy stereo because it's easy to make something sound Does good. Does anyone on a, listen to stereos really? Anybody well, great, you know, whatever. When you a play device, this for your grandparents. Like your iPhone speakers or whatever, just yeah. so, speakers that aren't great. Um, and so it's the same with this, right? You want to make sure that your stuff looks good. It's easy to make your stuff look good on a, you know, color grading monitor, but then you want it to look good on your phone and your laptop and your iPad and your your. TV that needs to be replaced. <laughs> um, and so that's that's kind of the, the test for it. If it looks good on that and that, you, you have a successful grade, in my opinion. Now, there's probably colorists out there that are saying, you are so wrong about all I'm of this. I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> but uh, that's my approach right now. And if you have a better solution, hit us up, go grill film uh, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's my feelings on color grading. It's a love-hate thing. But when I hit that light bulb moment, it's it feels so good when you're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the case yet, but I'm I'm staying positive. Yeah. 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 About it. <clears throat> so not quite. Um, I mean, in in the in the realm of that topic, I guess. I mean, um, it's sort of common in in film festivals and in, in smaller film festivals mm-hmm. um, to not really see much attention being paid to grading. And yeah. I think it's it's oftentimes what we've seen when you when the type of equipment that's being used is is noted at the end of of the credits, and you see a stark difference between one and the, and the other. And we've we've spoken about this. So aside from lenses, which are kind of like your first line of defense, really. I mean, you can grade as much as you want, but if you didn't use very good lenses or the right lens, then it's sort of over at that point. But I don't feel like most people pay a lot of attention to grading mm-hmm. and it shows yeah. i guess you know yeah it's kind of frustrating i yeah. guess i think it's uh, a a I, th- I think that a lot of people especially like myself that are novice i don't do this but i know a lot of people do they just want to slap a lot on it which is kind of like a predetermined look um you know because and then and then that's their look which obviously won't work for every won't scene, work for every so. situation so um that's another thing that i've been toying with is is taking LUTs, which are which ideally take your camera, and if you expose it properly and shoot properly, then you apply this LUT and you get the look that. But it, you know, it's I shouldn't say properly, but expose it specifically um, for the LUT. Like you could put the LUT in the camera and shoot and look at the image with that LUT applied as you're shooting. Mm-hmm. If you know that that's the look you're going with at the end, and it'll help you. I would kind think of that lighting is going to play against that. There's no way. Yeah, there's that. Plus, that... there's your monitor. Your in, in the you know. 
your monitors are getting better and better and better. And so, yeah, it'll look good on that monitor as you're filming it, but then you go to grade it and you want to make sure you still have to manipulate the exposure and everything to kind of make sure it's going to look good on everything. Yeah. Um, well, my, my whole point of going into this was just because um, one of our biggest issues that we've, that we've always had is that we, we make a project, we finish that project and we're sort of onto the next one. Although this time around, we've obviously timed to have to sit on this film for a little bit because we don't do that normally. And because there's this like, there's this weird threshold that you sort of cross in the indie world, right? Where you know what you can get away with, where you like, you'd say like, theoretically, I could get away with this. And a lot of people would probably not know the difference. But then are you doing your best work, I guess, right? So like, there's nothing wrong with failing at something that you tried, mm -hmm. like just whatever approach that you're trying. Let's just try to do this. And we've never done this before. And wow, that was terrible. Uh, now what? Right. That sucks. But I feel like a lot of people are are afraid of failure when they, he they hit a certain point, right? And they go like, well, you know, this is what's worked for me. Okay. But then you're not really growing very much as an artist because you're not taking that chance. But taking that chance means that this next film may not be your favorite now because you've learned everything the hard way and mm -hmm. whatever. But um, so it's people staying within that comfort level, which I'm not too much of a fan of. I usually like to try to take risks within reason because mm -hmm. I also don't want to ruin a film. Um, but speaking of that, there's actually a scene in this film that we might have to cut out. Yeah. And is... Like, I thought it initially, right, when we saw it, I was just like, wow, that scene is so not working for me. But there's always this sort of compromise that you have to make. Not every scene's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And it, there's always going to be like this one thing about whatever that you did that you're not crazy about. That was definitely mine. And I just could not get past that scene. No matter how many times you've graded it or tried to change what it just doesn't. It was, it, in fairness, a scene that was filmed at a time that it should not have been filmed. We filmed it after an entire day of shooting, tired, like ready to go to sleep. And it mm -hmm. was like, let's squeeze this this film, this this um, scene in, which kind of would have been the only time to do it because we didn't really have time to do it. You know, turns out we didn't have time to do that scene mm -hmm. another day, but it showed. And so then there's that that balance, right? Of like, it's tempting to say, hey, I have enough wind in me to get through this scene, but... Is that what you want? Right. Do you want just whatever wind you've reserved to get through a scene or do you want to be on the top of your game? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've been making films for well over a decade and even we fell victim to this because I could have easily been like, dude, not happening. Like, I'm not doing this right now. I'm mm -hmm. tired. I don't want to get into this scene because it's, it's you know, there's a lot of uh, feelings and emotions going on for my character and I don't want to jump into this, but... You know, it's the whole like, we're running out of time, we're running out of time. And so I went with it. And initially, my gut was like, don't do this scene. But I didn't say anything. And I should have. And now the scene is probably going to get cut, which is unfortunate for my scene partner, because it was where they had the most yeah. um, dialogue. And they totally did their job. It was like absolutely nothing against that character and that actor. But it was just like the lighting was weird and... Um, it just, it just didn't, it just wasn't jiving. Like I wasn't, I did not play that character. If anything, it was more on me that I didn't play the character the way I should have, which then like wrecked the whole thing. 
in its own way. And then it's like the lighting got rushed. Um, we actually didn't have Rocky there during that scene. Right. So it was like, you're having to light stuff up. So you're jumping between lights and camera, lights and camera, which is exactly why we had Rocky so yeah. that we weren't doing that. And this is why we didn't yeah. want to do it because this is what happens. Now there was no time really for you to kind of go back and go like, Oh, this doesn't look the same. Like we, theoretically you should be able to sit down, look at the footage of the card game, which we had already filmed and go like, wait a minute. Okay. This lighting's not the same, but it, it was just like, let's go. And we were tired. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and I wasn't checking it either. You know, sometimes I'll check and look at what you're looking at. And maybe if I had cared to even do that, cause I wasn't so tired, yeah. I would have been like, this doesn't look right to me, but I didn't even know. Yeah, I don't hate the lighting as much as you do in that scene, I but like I, you know, look, I mean, some everybody, every filmmaker goes through it as they have to dump a scene that they love. Luckily for us, this wasn't some kind of scene that we both were like in love with and hated to dump. We're both like, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, time management was, was an issue for us, um, or for me, really. You know, we wanted to kind of start later in the day to kind of like, you know, we're staying there. We didn't want to like kill everybody. We wanted to keep our days shorter, um, but that really ended up hurting us in the end. Um, and so, you know, it was a lot of pages to do, mm. you know, in a short period of time. And, you know, we did them all, but then stuff like this happens when it slips. And look, I still think the scene is, is a good scene in terms of lighting and in my opinion and performances and stuff. But I think the rest of the film is so much better than that scene that that scene can maybe detract a little bit from it. this is where like playback is so important. Right, because if I had been able to see that scene afterwards, if we had time to sit there and watch it, I would have been like, "Oh no, no, hmm. if we got to film this over, I don't know when or how, but like, or something's got to give. Like, we're gonna have to substitute something." But unfortunately, I didn't get to see that scene until we were already home and it was over. Yeah. It was just like shit. <laughs> yep. That is not what I wanted. But my whole point that just I just tangent and segued right into that. My whole point was that. <clears throat> we tend to just jump from one project to another. And it isn't because, sometimes it's been because it was like, wow, this film didn't turn out the way I wanted. And I don't want to sit on this any longer than <laughs> I need to. That does happen. And um, I feel like people are, are so afraid to say that, right? Like so few people at our level, which is lower. <laughs> you no, know, people don't know us or yeah. look for, you know, we don't have producers running after us to, to, to give us money or anything. Um, but are afraid to say that they didn't like something right it's always like oh something amazing and i yeah like i i find it so hard to believe that every person that has gotten on a, onto to the stage or on a panel or whatever did not have some problem with something that happened in their film unless if we i don't know maybe maybe it's just us but it, it's always this like unanimous like the best experience ever everything worked out the way it was supposed to it was great great love this film everything perfect just how i wanted it just how you wanted it how are you achieving that there's like I don't know. I just feel like there's always something that you're like, oh, that's not quite how that was supposed to go. Or even if ultimately it worked out the process to getting there, there's always something. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I, I, I don't see anything wrong with saying like, this was not my favorite film or this was not my favorite skit or that, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we've certainly had those. There could be aspects of things that I liked about it because it's a learning process, but we've had like... There's one in particular that I'm not going to name that for me was just like, I don't ever, ever want to see this film again. It just did not work. And it was all because of time management. There was no time and there was no help Mm -hmm. and additional help. We really needed additional help. So, but to me, that's just like, it's not, oh, I'm not going to talk about that film 
because I'm ashamed of it. It's because I don't want to, you know, kind of shit on everyone else's work in it. Like it's not the actor's fault. It's just, I'm glad that that happened. Now I know, Yeah. you know, and we still ran into it with this film. We still needed more time, but going by what we had done in that film, we would have given ourselves even less time to do this. So, you know, it was having to experience that and go like, huh, we need more time. Or people. People and time and help mm. and, and all that. But so we had, so here was the whole point of it. The whole point of it was that we filmed um, The Gaffer like two years ago or something like that. Was it that long ago? A year and a half ago. Yeah, maybe. Something. That's a long time to us, mm-hmm. right? And this is where... I'm just like, is there, is there something wrong with us? There, there must be, because another thing that I always experience with people in the business going to film fest, talking to other filmmakers is that like people will ride a film for like years on end. And I, you know, we already have the, like, we're tired of a film right after we've done it. And a lot of that has to do with the fact, if you're listening to this and you're like, Jesus, these people don't seem to like making films. We get tired of what we do because we are doing more than the average filmmaker is doing. You have to understand that. Well, it's we're not, not that we get like, tired of what we do. We get ready for the next thing. Well, we're, we don't have the same passion for it. You can't, there, there's no way that the passion that you have, like we run into people that are just as passionate about this story seven years after they've made it as they were in pre-production. And after we're done with something and it's like, it's edited, it's done. We're like, okay. We made that. It's done. That was. It was like a. It's like a relationship. Yeah. It was in that relationship. Had its ups and downs. I've moved on. That's yeah. it. I don't. I'm not looking forward to going back into that. I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want to try to get back with that person seven years from now. Yeah. We just don't have the same. Well, for me, it's all about like, the mistakes I've been making, and like <laughs> the. Um, you know, I want to improve. You know, I'm constantly wanting to improve. I have no end goal, right? I have no like, oh, I've made it kind of thing. For me, it's <coughs> it's all about the journey kind of thing. But I, you know, for me, I, I watch this film and I over and over again as I'm editing it and grading it, and I just see all the mistakes I made, and then I want to turn around and make another film and not make those mistakes. You know, so yeah, if if we make another film, I want to the main focus of that film is going to be for me on a logistical standpoint is going to be time management. How are we going to schedule this to manage our time as best as possible and the people that we have and all that stuff. So, and you know, and, and all that. So that's, I don't know if I'm so sick of something as it is, I'm I'm eager to make something better. I'm definitely sick of it. Yeah. I mean, I have to, I I have have my my passion for it, obviously, but it's just like, I, I was there during I was there for the the, the preconception. Mm-hmm. I lived in that world for however long that I did. Then I lived in the pre-production world. Then I actually lived it and played the character. Then I sat and went through all the footage. And then we went through editing. And then I saw different versions of whatever. We changed it. It's that, like I'm over it. I'm done. It's not a character that I don't want to play that character again. I don't want to and. It's true for, you know, so many actors. I don't care to sit through watching this performance a hundred times. I have to because it's our responsibility because we made it. Um, There's the slight benefit of being able to see people's reaction, whether that's good or bad, whether it's like, wow, nobody's responding to this. So what did I, where did I go wrong? Mm. Or okay, people responded to it great. Um, But, you know, as an actor, I'm like, I'm done with this. I don't, I don't want to keep reliving this experience over and over again. Um, however, back to my point, which was that 
you know, for a lot of people, it's they are the director of this film. So they didn't have to go through like writing it, performing in it, financing it, Mm -hmm. casting it. Mm -hmm. And so it's I, I guess it's it's easier for people to be excited about something for years on end. But like I'm done. I've lived in every every crevice, every single like cinematic crevasse that this film has. We were in it. Yeah. And so like I love cinematic crevices. Crevasses. Crevasses. <laughs> um, and, and where this leads to is that we, you know, we, we submitted stuff, submitted to, you know, whatever we can afford. Yeah. We don't even keep track of like how many different film fests we've submitted to. It's just kind of like whatever, whatever we can afford at that moment. And now even this, this much time later, you have people reaching out to us like, hey, we want to play the gaffer. Yeah. And it's like. Okay, I mean that's what like whatever. Like I I'm, I'm never opposed to somebody playing the gaff, right? But for some for some um venues or whatever, it's like well, we'd really like for you to be present. The whole point is for the filmmakers to be there. Um and we're kind of up in the middle of the nowhere. So mm-hmm. when these places are over an hour away, we've got tolls, we've got parking, we've got, you know, to like I know that probably sounds really terrible, but I'm all we're like in post-production for a whole other film, I don't want to now go back a year and a half and relive that film through a film, like through a screening. You yeah. know what I mean? I know that that people are probably like, oh, well, Lottie freaking da for you. But it's just like, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like to, for, to actually have to take off of work to be able to make that screening. It's like, I so appreciate that people want to see it and show it, but it's just like, I, I'm putting all of my energy into this film yeah. right now. I, I can't go back. It's like an ex calling you. You yeah, know, like yeah. I just want to. Can you just meet me for coffee? And it's like, but I'm hooking up with someone else right now. Yeah. Okay, he's in the room with me. <laughs> he's right here. Um, and I just like, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't seem to. But we we seem to be in the the minority of that because we see this all the time. Like people just like. Well, the people I, I that I follow like, on Instagram that are still talking about a movie they made three years ago, still yeah. talking about, like, still advertising that movie. Like, we started printing T-shirts for it. Like, why? <laughs> Though, so this, yeah. like, it, you went through the festival run for all of this three years ago, and you're now like starting to print stuff for it. And uh, yeah. is there really that much of a demand? And I'm not being an asshole when I say that, but I feel like for some people that. Uh, advertising, right, and 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 like stickers and all this stuff, it seems like this really great thing to do. And you see this a lot on people's crowdfunding. And it's an awesome way to drain your funds because all that shit costs money. Unless your parents own a printing, like a, <laughs> like a silk screening place or something, you yeah. know what I mean? That you're getting all these prints for free or like at a seriously reduced price. You have to think about what that's going to cost you. So if you don't meet your goal and you're under by 60%, you now have to shell out all the money for the people that donated and you have to start printing shirts and stickers and all this other crap that you're doing. Um, it's just counterproductive. And so if, you know, if you, if it's your, if your goal as a filmmaker is to, well, I made this film and it, it didn't get the exposure that I wanted it to get, putting more money into it three years later is like not oh, yeah. really going to work. Yeah. And, and I guess it depends on too where you are in your process. You know, we are very much in the, uh, constantly learning stage of the process you know there's you know whether our budget's six grand or 60 bucks like we're still we're and it has been 60 bucks yeah um we didn't pull that number out of thin air we have filmed for yeah we have micro shorts that we literally spent nothing on and um so it's i guess it's just a matter of what you want to get out of it you know if i think some people will see their finished product as as a product that they want to market and and i think that's important 
to do. You know, something that we struggle with because we're so eager to make the next big thing for us or whatever. But it's finding that balance. Yeah, I think there's definitely a balance in there because I don't know. You know, we're the, also the type of people that have a hard time selling ourselves because we don't want to be like, look at me, look what we made. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't That's know. tough for I, us, it but it's it's also very me. necessary to kind of do necessary. that. It's necessary. I get it, but I also like. You know, as an actor, I should be able to just put on my performance and be like, oh, my God, watch our film. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, I'm just like, oh, I'm very sort of antisocial in that way as well, that I just don't want to walk up to strangers and start whoring my work out to them, forcing it on them and um, saying that it's the best thing that I've ever done. Because if that's if that's if this is the best thing that I've ever done and this, this is where I've capped, like, that's pretty sad. Yeah. I hope to get better. It's just like, well, this is a film that we made. Tell me about the film. I don't know, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, if I tell you about it, right? I mean, just give the whole story. Like, just do you want to watch the film? Here's the synopsis. Look, there's the poster. It says it all on there. Like, you know, do you either want to watch it or you don't? I think that's for us, there's less on the line in terms of of the ultimate outcome, right? Because we don't make films to make money. And I think this is where it differs, especially for people that ride a film that live in Hollywood, they moved to Hollywood to become filmmakers. So this is devastating when you've made a film mm-hmm. and three years later, it's not anywhere near where you were hoping it was going to be. And so there's like this last ditch effort to really push it because you're trying to make it as a filmmaker. We don't make films to do that. Yeah. So I guess, I guess perhaps I've answered my own question. That's where it is that yeah. there is no, for me, it's like, you know, oh, your film did well at Film Fest. Cool. That's a bonus, right? When we win awards, when, when we get an email that it's like you won first place, we're like, oh, shit, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But then my day progresses. I don't know. Like yeah, we put yeah. it on social media because that's what you're supposed to do. Hey, we won this award. And and I'm I'm proud of that. That's awesome. Everyone involved. We're like, it's yeah. great. Yeah. Yay. But then I auto, I just immediately move Yay. on with my day. I don't yeah. know. Like I can't sit. I feel like I see it on people's faces when they'll say, I saw your post about winning the award. That is so awesome. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And they're like, and they, and they stop and they look at you like, are you really, that's all you're going to say? Like, am I supposed to say like, I know, right? How awesome are we? Yeah, no. First place winners over here. We won. Like, I just can't do that. I can't do it. I'm so bad at that. I just yeah. go like, oh, yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. I think a lot of artists have problems with like the light being shined on them. Some don't. Obviously. Some don't. Let me tell you. I, I don't know. I've, don't. I've come but, across uh, quite a quite a, a handful of people yeah. that have no problem with it at all. Yeah, some people definitely don't. But you know, there are. I think it's it's pretty common common enough where it's like a thing. You know, when artists like, you know, they just like, you know, look at me. But I think that's ha- like, look every every actor is a closeted egotist mm-hmm. to some extent, right? And for me, it's like. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where my process, like how it, how, how I, I move through that really. But I just know that once I've finished something, um, like I said, we watch it and I'm watching it more to find what's wrong. Okay. I will never sit down and watch something I've been in just for the fun of it to mm-hmm. see, Oh, like, oh, I just want to relive this moment. That never happens for me. It's like when you're like, I, there's another version, like I sit and I watch it. And I'm like, Oh, the, you know, there's a boom that drops here. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. Uh, there's this or whatever the, like I'm watching it sort of with a fine tooth comb, you know, and just standpoint. going through those yeah. things. And then when we go to film fest, I'm usually, there's like, a, I'm playing, it's like a, like a winter wonderland playing in my head. Cause I'm just living in my head and I'm trying not to pay attention 
to anything that's going on on that screen. And I'll just kind of listen to people's voices, but I'm singing songs in my head. I'm mm-hmm. on vacation. I'm just like, I don't want to pay attention to this. And yeah. it's so uncomfortable. Um, and then it's always nice, especially if you, cause for, from some people you're like, I don't know, you could just be saying that, but from some people you can see if you know them or whatever. And they say like, look, that was, you did really well. That was a great performance. That's nice to hear. But then the other part of me is like, I just want this moment to end as soon as possible. <laughs> cause I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. Oh my God, that was so good. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm <laughs> like, amazing. It's just like, all right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, cookies are awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, we just talk about something else. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So it's so weird because like as a kid, I was like the dancing clown. Yeah. I put on a show. Look at like, me. Look at hey. You know, I was totally like, let me put on a show. And then as I got older, I was like, you stop know, looking at me. From an extrovert to an introvert. Yeah. Stop looking at me. But I want to be an actor. Yeah. So I think out of the both the two of us, I'm a little more outgoing. Yeah. You know, and so when we go, even but even I when we go to places and you know, when we went to the Queen's World Film Sometimes Fest we switch we, places and I have yeah. to be like, Hey buddy <laughs> just, out in public here. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I just sometimes I'm like, hey, blah, blah, blah. you know, schmoozy Paul, but then sometimes I'm like, um, Sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I just don't want to be here right now. <laughs> oh, man. So it definitely goes in moods, but I, I'm more often than not ready to chat, especially if it's somebody that's showering me with compliments. A stranger. That yeah. is so weird. We yeah. got that when with we got that when we screened the gaffer and we had like one person that that worked at the venue that was like, oh my God, that was, we were like, oh, okay. And then we were leaving and some dude started running after me and just immediately the city girl in me, I was like, I'm about to get shot. I don't know yeah. what's happening. For what? I don't know. But he was like running after me and like grabbed my shoulder and was like showering us with praise. And all I could think of in that moment was like, please don't be crazy. Yeah. Like I couldn't even really pay attention to what he was saying because I'd never had somebody... He, gave us, he chased us down to give us the most inane oh, compliment. Right. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, I have to just tell you guys. It's, it's so... Oh my God. You guys, you had a plan and you executed it. <laughs> that's right. Thanks, buddy. We're like, okay. That's a, that's a first. Thank yeah, you so yeah, much for sure that. We sure did have a plan and executed yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah, then yeah, he yeah. said like a whole bunch of stuff with that. And I, yeah, I no, don't was, remember what it was, was because I was just like, what is happening right now? He Why was did very you complimentary, but it was just funny. His opening kind of spiel or whatever was like, you had a plan and you executed it. <laughs> and someone thought they misheard our budget and thought we said 12000 Oh, yeah. So it was like, no. I think because that film was like eighteen hundred, and I think they were like, what "Was it eight thousand or something like that?" I was like, yeah. "What? <laughs> like, no." <laughs> I think, the, and I think that's a that's a tough thing to you know. Budgets are such an odd thing because you can never, especially on our level, you can never look at a film and be like, "Well, that's you know probably about an eight or ten thousand dollar film." You can't prove it either. Well, there's that because you know you look at our film and it's like we didn't rent a camera, we didn't rent lenses, right? Um, all the money went into like logistical shit, like food and location and all that stuff. Paying that, people, yeah. paying people, and it it wasn't stuff that was able to be shown on screen, as they say, like renting actual equipment. And so, you know, you know, you could look at the gaffer, and we could say that we spent five grand on it, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay." Or we could sp- say that we spent five hundred on it, and they'd be like, "Oh, okay." You know, like it's just such a arbitrary are, thing. We almost. always get the weird face because our budgets are so low. Mm-hmm. Um, and you think that that, right? See, for me, that's always something that I'm impressed by. 
because we have to live it. So when somebody says, oh, we made this for, you know, $2,000, I'm always like, whoa, how, okay, whoa, hold on. Do you own your equipment? Like, you know, like yeah. I'm, cause how did you do it? Like that yeah. to me is just like, I want to know how you did that. That's, that's always the goal is to, how do we make this for as little as possible? Yeah. Um, but that actually works. I don't know if people think we're lying or something when they're like, how much does this cost? And we're like, oh, it's, Meanwhile, for us, we're like 1900 because holy shit, 19, we spent 1900 fucking dollars on this 20-minute short or 10-minute short. Yeah. And they're like, 19? Just how? Yeah. You know, like, and I think- But why? Why? I, I don't understand. And it's like, well, I don't know, because it can be done, I guess, you yeah. know? Um, and and never, never at the risk of not paying our actors that they- well, well, us owning our is, equipment is like probably, but also paying people. Of how I don't think we do a lot that. of a lot of filmmakers don't pay their actors, right? So, but that's what I'm saying is that yeah. right? You'll say how much did it cost you to make this film? Twelve thousand dollars, and then no one got paid. I'm like, what the fuck did you spend your money on? Yeah. I no, mean, like seriously, for, rental fees for equipment generally. But you know, I think sometimes it works against you too because you know if we go with the gaffer and we say, oh, we spent, you know, 1800 bucks or whatever it was on this. It's almost like, well, they didn't spend a lot on it. So that's what that, I'm saying. Yeah. yeah they yeah. look at you weird. Like, what do you mean you spent $1,900? It's almost like, why did you bother? <laughs> There's yeah. something like such a weird thing. It's, it doesn't work in your favor. Whereas for me, when it, it I find that awesome when mm-hmm. people can make stuff for less, but that doesn't, it's just, you know, it's this cloudy thing. Yeah. So people just love to just throw these, just, random numbers out and and how do you prove that really like it's not like i'm gonna see i'm gonna see the breakdown the financial yeah. breakdown we could just go and be like hey we spent seven dollars yeah, on this we short. could totally say a vital sign cost us fifteen thousand dollars to make and no one would bat an eye at that yeah. not one fucking person in a film fest would be like really yeah for that that would still be low yeah that would still be considered low if we spent 15 grand on that film which was we spent more like around 65 it was like around I lost track. I feel like it was, between I feel like six, it was less than that. Six, it was like between 62 and 65, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, but again, we didn't, later. We, didn't, we didn't rent any equipment. You know, that was all for locations, food, and actors. Really? I don't know how. Well, we couldn't have made it if we had to rent all the equipment. Like, I yeah. think that's that's what's happening is that people are, they so much of their budget goes to paying a cinematographer. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, but. That's a, and that's the thing, too. Damn. We had, you know, this is a bigger ensemble piece that we had going you know i mean it's a it's a, a character story about we could have saved but, money it i purpose i've said this before i purposefully don't cast a lot of actors in films not because i don't want to i would love to have more people but more people means having to pay mm-hmm. more people mm-hmm. so that's the reason why we usually don't usually we keep it at like two to three people and yeah. you know we kind of went a little nuts this time and so um for us yeah at least anyway that's but that I don't know. That was just my thing. It's like I, there's a part of me that kind of feels bad saying like, yeah, I don't really want to go see that film of mine again from however long ago. Thanks for wanting to screen it though. Um, yeah, like but there's, I a, there's a huge so part of me that just that. wants to go anyway because to meet people and to talk about yeah, a new because, film and that stuff. Right, but I I feel like because I feel like we I feel, I feel like, like it's something cheating, we should do right by going and going like oh hey. Somebody starts talking about that film, and I'm like, yeah, listen, anyway, we made a new film, okay? That seems so weird to me. If I walked up to somebody and wanted to talk about the film that I just watched, and all they're talking about is a film that they've made, I'd be like, what the hell are you doing here? You're here no, for this I would, film. If I watched a film of somebody's and I liked it, and they're like, oh, I have a new one, I'd be like, oh, I want to see it. I want to see the trailer or whatever, you know? I don't I don't know that it's going to work like that. I feel mm. like people want to live mm. in that. They want to live in the moment they were just in. This is a film that you were here to advertise and that's that. Yeah. 
I don't know if I agree with that statement. You never agree with my statements. That's mm-hmm. not the point. No, yeah, I, I, I don't see that would be, you know, just get your name out there. If there's other filmmakers and we like their films, we can have them on this show. Totally. But again, we are going to like right around the time, right around that time that this would be screening or would have been screening. I don't know if they're doing it anymore. Um, it's like right when we're starting, we're going to be dead smack in like the whole post of it of like advertising and trying to get it into film fest. And we're just going to be living in the vital sign world. And I can't like, I don't know how to go back into the gaffer world. Mm. This is where my acting skills are obviously not good enough because I I can't even (laughs) pretend to to give give a shit shit about that. If somebody's like, Oh, Hey, what was your motive for Like, I don't fucking remember. It was like, I wrote that like two years ago. I don't know. know. I, I mean, I'm in this world now with this film. Like, I just don't, I uh, yeah, no, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. I can't apply that passion yeah. for something that... I don't think it's... Yeah, I mean, for me, it's easy to just go there and watch the other films that are there, too, and talk with people. I'd be more interested stuff. in other people's films than my own. Like, I already seen this. I, I don't yeah. want to... I don't care, <laughs> like, about yeah. mine. I'd rather see other people's stuff. Yeah, I would definitely be interested in, in that, you know? We, we always... And that's always our problem, right, is we're like, we got to get out. We got to meet people. We got to, like, network, as it were, and then opportunities like this come up and we're like, you know what? I'm over this film. Well, no, in all fairness, this was supposed to screen. I'm not, I'm not arguing against you. Summer, I'm just saying like this. A- it was supposed to screen over the summer and something happened with the venue and mm-hmm. the, it got pushed mm-hmm. and then it got pushed again to this month. And now it's getting pushed into next year. I, I would have like, I could have, I was on the cusp already. Like, in the summer of like, I'm kind of over this already. Like, yeah. I don't, this better hurry up with like, you know, I hope we're done soon with this film. So now we're going into 2020 with this film that I'm like, this was 2018. I can't, like, I can't even think about this film now in 2020. Like, this was yeah. already done. I'm done with this. And so that's, for me, that's what it is. It kept getting pushed. It's not like just all of a sudden popped up now and that was the date. It was it kind of was getting moved around. Yeah, That was the only issue. And it's like, I, I totally appreciate like people wanting to show our stuff. It's just I don't. I'm in the, my headspace is with this film now, and yeah. so I don't. Not, I'm not so good with the going back. Yeah. In case you haven't picked up, when I'm done with you, I am done, done with you. With you. <laughs> you are dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so to to round it out, uh, we watched. Round it out. Uh, also, I hope everybody's Thanksgiving was or thanks taking was wonderful. Thanks raping. Thanks raping day. Um, we kept it quiet. We had our, our buddy over and we watched The Irishman, which mm-hmm. um, is now out on Netflix. And if you haven't been following that whole thing, it got a theater release, but then the he made it for Netflix, uh, Scorsese, yeah. and with the intention of this obviously being available to stream shortly after. Um, so this film is three and a half fucking hours long. Mm-hmm. In case you don't know that already, mm-hmm. be prepared it's it's a it's a long film. I don't have a problem with long films, um, but I just did not know this. Yeah. For some reason, that bit of information escaped me, mm-hmm. and uh, I I found out like the day before, <laughs> like the day that it dropped. Actually, that I was like three and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. So um, apparently, some dude cut the film down into a series. Mm. If you so wish to partake in a mini series of <laughs> said film um just fucking watch it like this is where this makes no sense with people like like yes it's a long film and we're like oh, it was too long but you'll sit 
and binge, binge a yeah. Netflix show for nine fucking hours, but you can't sit and watch a three and a half hour movie, like relax. So um, if you want to do it that way, I don't know why you would, I, I guess this guy broke it down and mm. yeah, I don't know. Um, it, I am, I am a Marty fan. You are not so much, but um, I have no problem being a fan of somebody and saying this wasn't my favorite or that wasn't my favorite. It happens all the time. Um, this wasn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't tend to like a lot of his more popular films. The yeah. films that people know Martin Scorsese for are not my favorite films. Yeah. Ironically. Well, you like, yeah. I go for like his more modern you stuff. Like Goodfellas, right? That's the only one yeah. for me. The, the, just like the Raging Bull and the, it just. Um, so the thing with Martin Scorsese and me, we have a long and sordid history. Oh, yeah. No, not really. But the thing is, is I know how talented he is. He's definitely a filmmaker worthy of, you know, all the accreditations that have been bestowed upon him. <laughs> but uh, most of the stuff he makes just isn't for me, mm-hmm. you know. Is it because the theme is always... Yeah, like I'm just not into mobster stuff. So this, like, you know, so when I watch... But he makes other stuff. Yeah, right. So when even like The Departed I liked or I like Shutter Island a lot. I like Wolf of Wall Street a lot. So... You know, in those films, I see like, oh, this guy's really good. But then when he, you know, Goodfellas, Irishman, um, I just, you know, I don't want another mobster movie with a voiceover starring De Niro, you know, like in Pesci. You know, it's just if this could have been a Goodfellas sequel. I know it's different and it's kind of based on loosely based on uh, real events or whatever, but it's I don't know. And here's the thing. So and, and then there's the de-aging aspect of it all. Yeah, let's get into that. So my take is like, just hire an actor that 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 age, so much cheaper. I get people want to go because it's De Niro. I get it. But Christ already. No, and, and I mean, I get it, why they didn't, because that's it. It's a De, it's De, Niro. De Niro. It had to be De Niro. You know? and, and that was kind of the thing with the with the film is, is I don't want to say gimmick because he's a talented filmmaker, but that's the, oh, they de-aged De Niro. And yeah, it looks passable i guess in certain aspects but the problem for me with de-aging someone's face is that they're still old they're still old, so exactly when they're walking around doing <laughs> stuff still they're like still a 70 year old 70 year old with like you know a 50 year old face or yeah, 40 year old face it's so, so weird um i think that the de-aging wasn't as distracting as i thought it was going to be when i saw it in the trailer it was way more jarring yeah. i was like whoa how is that going to work yeah, i thought it was for two hours solid, or whatever but... They did a decent job, but there was always this weird, there's this, just the this mouth. artificial skin tone. No, it wasn't even the mouth. It was this artificial skin tone. It looks like they had a lot of makeup on or something. It looks like a latex mask. Yeah. And your skin tone doesn't look right. Your The the the, the texture to your face doesn't look right. Um they did good on in the on the opposite end of that. On the aging makeup was beautifully done. Uh, I don't know who did the makeup on that. I'm sorry, but they did great on that, making Pesci look older, mm-hmm. giving you giving them the turkey neck and doing yeah. the whole thing. Like they did great with that. But the problem is that Robert De Niro walks like a like a grandpa. Yeah. And so when I'm supposed to believe that he's younger, I don't because I know that he's not that age. So whatever. Here's the biggest. Here's the biggest problem with that. I know what De Niro looks like 25 years ago, and it didn't look like that. Yeah. So despite the references that I'm sure they used his actual face and aging, yeah. it didn't come across. That's not what De, De Niro looked like in his 50s, or however old he was supposed to be, because yeah. uh, he was always older. They never had him like, you know, at 20, mm-hmm. but it just, 
it didn't, I know what he looked like. He was an actor at that time in his life and it didn't look like that. Yeah. It's like his head always seemed too big for his body or something. It was just yeah. this weird thing. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Not as bad as I thought it would be, but I'm just not a fan of de-aging. I just don't, maybe for like a scene or two. Yeah. I can understand doing it for like yeah, a I was quick say, flashback. I was, I was surprised on how much of the younger De Niro's in this film. Yeah. It's a lot. I have to say that I'm not a De Niro Pesci Pacino fan. Mm-hmm. I know that people are gasping right now. Um, I don't. I don't get it. I yeah. don't. The the I've never seen De Niro play a character, and that I've forgotten it was really De Niro. Maybe like Cape Fear a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of a hick, and it was the accent and this and that. But Pacino has been Pacino, and every yeah. single film that I've seen him in. Same with Pesci. Pesci's voice can't be changed. He's always going to be. Like Goodfellas and my cousin Vinny. He just kind of lives yeah. in those two spots there for me. And their faces, and it's mostly their voices. The way Robert De Niro talks, he can't change that. And that's why he never changes as a character. Pacino, forget it. Everything is the same. And the same thing with Pesci. is that nasally little voice, you know what I mean? So it's like, I never forget who they are. Pacino did not annoy me as much as I thought he, he get, would. He didn't Pacino all over the place. He didn't Pacino all over the place yeah. for me. But that's um, not what Hoffa but sounded like. <laughs> he did not look or sound anything like Jimmy Hoffa. Like, I don't know what, you know, I get, I, I obviously it was like he wanted to put Pacino in the film and so yeah. he's going to cast him as Jimmy Hoffa. I just don't understand why. Yeah. Because he didn't resemble him in any way, shape or form. Um, it was Pacino, obviously. Yeah. He was funny he was funnier mm-hmm. than I thought he was going to be, obviously. But I, I don't know. That, that trifecta for me, I can't, aside from Pacino, who wasn't in Goodfellas, mm. um, I can't, they're always those mob. It's the same thing yeah. for me. It's the same thing. And I like when a director has a favorite actor when they use, first of all, if you watched Goodfellas, some people came back. There was a character, mm-hmm. the girl in Goodfellas who was playing the drug mule. Yeah, She is now obviously... 25 or almost 25 years older and it's like whoa she looked like her own mom you know i recognized her right away i was like oh my god that's the girl um so i think it's awesome that he brought some people back you know mm-hmm. just kind of that homage of like that's great especially since this is playing around the same time as that um as those worlds uh, the world and goodfellas and stuff but um i, I don't know it, it's it, it's sort of a catch-22 when you start bringing an entire cast back like that because it's hard to sort of pull away from those other films yeah i don't um i don't know i like the way i like the way he worked first of all you know leonardo Leonardo dicaprio is like pretty much my favorite actor in the the whole world almost um he's he's one of my top three um i like the way scorsese works with him because he never plays the same person Mm -hmm. his character in shutter island is not the same as he was in departed it's completely different from the Wolf of Wall Street. It's I get to see a different film. They're mm-hmm. completely different films. But the mob movies, Raging Bull, and you know, it, yeah. it it's uh, I don't know. I can't. It wasn't horrible. No, it definitely wasn't bad. At I, all. But I would never sit down and watch that movie again. No. Like if it was on in the background, which won't because we're getting rid of you. You hear us, Comcast? Fuck you. Um, but if it was on in the background, just on TV or whatever, and like, I'd keep it on, I guess. But I, I'm, there's not, if somebody came here and said, I really want to see that movie, I'd be like, you should, but not here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You should see this movie. Just not in my presence. Cause I'm not sitting through three and a half hours of that again. Yeah. No, no, thank you. No, thank you. That's what I would say to that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I would give it like a B, 
You know, the yeah. the the costume. It's it, look. If a Scorsese film is always going to have an amazing, you know, costume and yeah, the yeah. the the story. Well, I mean, the story is you know based on on true events and yeah. all that. Um, but you know that the set's going to look like there was no there was a. Uh, obviously no cap on finances for cars in this fucking film like yeah they were just i I would love to know what the budget was just solely for for the cars um cars costume hair and makeup on point always beautiful he's a great director but um i just like his obscure stuff yeah that's i tend to enjoy those films more yeah me too for sure and i love that he produces stuff that's not you know, he he does stuff that's not in the th- that's his his sort of comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But that I think that's why I like him so much is because I can say, you know what, this is what you may be known for. But I actually like the other shit that you do. He's played he plays producer that new movie Uncut Gems that I want to see. Believe it or not, even though it stars Adam Sandler of all people, mm-hmm. um, you know, he is not afraid to just say this is what I want to do. Um, the other film that he did with Garfield, Andrew Garfield. Obviously, not the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll when Lasagna, he, Lasagna when he brought the fat cat back. Yeah, um, that period piece that he did. Oh, with him and Adam Driver, that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of people shit on how boring and slow that was. It was a very slow film, but I love that he was like, "Fuck you! This is what I want to make. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to do." Yeah, and I think that's great. Yeah. So he's he's still one of my top favorite directors, even though I'm not. The biggest yeah, fan and of his the most thing popular is he always work. gets lumped in as the Goodfellas guy or now the Irishman guy and mobster thing, but he has he has know, a lot of stuff under his Shutter belt. Shutter Island is a really, really good movie. It's a great movie. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. And a lot of people hate that movie. Yeah. It did terribly. I loved it. I don't get why, but I love it. Wolf Wall Street is, you know, it's well, good. For for me, that movie is all about um DiCaprio though. Well, yeah. He was, it, the film's about Jordan Belfort. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, but like there was nothing um you know, I felt like uh, um, Shutter Island, I appreciated DiCaprio in it as well, obviously, but I felt like the directing on that movie was so much more uh, the forefront versus Wolf of Wall Street, which was really? just, you know, I thought- it wasn't bad. Wolf of Wall Street was a great movie. It was directed well. It looked great, all that stuff. It's just, it was more, it was more a character piece well, it- versus... And yeah, I, but that was the intention. And I, and, and this character me, like, was over the top. It was going to yeah. be hard to. It was going to be hard. So for me, there was great moments and that. funny things and stuff. But um, I liked. I just like Shutter Island more. I guess. Yeah. No. But yeah. I. I really liked Wolf of Wall Street. I actually just bought that on Blu-ray. Mm. Um, because on Black Friday it was like ten bucks. So I was like, eh, fuck it. I. I hadn't bought it yet. So um, yeah. I. I. I think. I would say if you're a Scorsese fan, I would say absolutely watch it. If you know, you, I'm gonna watch it, but I wouldn't watch it again. Yeah, it just you know, I don't know. You know what's gonna be next is so they de age actors, but now I feel like they're gonna change, start changing actors. So like you know, because well, they had they were talking about bringing James Dean back. Oh, right? that's Remember this that? whole thing. Yes, yes. So, but what I think is gonna happen is they're gonna be like once De Niro is maybe he passes or he's too old to de age or whatever, they'll just get someone who looks like. De Niro, and then change the face of the person. So then now you can have somebody who actually is that age doing things at that age, but they just change their face. I don't know how that's going to work like box office wise though, because people oh, yeah, want to see that actor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like the de-aging thing. Like just. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great piece of technology, but I, like, like you said, I think it works great when it's like a flashback or something and, and peppered in, yeah, pepper it through, but to actually have like long 
several scenes, long scenes with somebody being de-aged. It just looks weird. Yeah. It just doesn't look right. Because they're still that age and they move and walk differently. Yeah. It's, De Niro has this very like, you know, he's like the barrel chested older Jim. He's in his seventies, yeah. I believe. Pesci yeah. is. When he had to, he had and De Niro like, stomp somebody and it's like, oh, <laughs> Bobby. Looked, yeah. They had a scene where he, he whipped out the De Niro stomp and it like, I was concerned for his hips. Yeah. I was like, don't hurt yourself, buddy. On on an osteoarthritic stance, I was like, this poor man is going to hurt himself. Yeah. Like, it just, uh, I don't know. It didn't work the same. Uh, and this this is the shit about aging, right? This mm. is what happens to your yeah. body. But it's, uh, I don't know. I feel like. I'm not age shaming. I'm if just you like... want to work with, if you want to say no, but I still want to work with these these actors, then like write something where they can be their age. I don't know. Yeah. It, it just, because it just, it's very bizarre mm. and it doesn't quite work wasn't as bad as Tron, but it just was yeah. enough that it was like, oh, okay, this, you know, oh, Jesus, another scene with, okay, all right, mm-hmm. like, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and like uh, Anna Paquin, I know there had been like some controversy over the fact that she literally had a line in oh, the entire yeah. film. Yeah. And I think Scorsese had said she didn't need any more lines because the whole point was that she had, she knew what her father had, who he was and mm-hmm. all this, uh, all this other stuff. But um Look, there's a, like, what time do I need to be there? If somebody's yeah. like, you're, we're gonna, you're gonna be standing, you're gonna hit the plunger on a toaster in a Scorsese film. I'll be like, listen, I'm gonna get my manicure. I'm gonna practice at home how I plunger that toaster. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's a good one. Um, but you know, she's I got a, an arsenal of plunges, Marty. <laughs> do you want me to go straight down? Pointer finger, two fingers. How do you want this? Um, but it it was kind of weird because she just was. Yeah, it, it was like she obviously didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, but I just I wonder like why because she looks enough. This this was, was my issue. Thing, yeah. This is my issue. It's like so you used Anna Paquin who looks nothing like either of who. And when look Hollywood does this all the time, right? Where their kids, their families never res, they never resemble each other. However, the the child that they used to play her character was very olive tone. Like very Sicilian looking. Mm-hmm. She may not have been. She could have been Asian or whatever. But I'm, what I'm saying is that she had a complexion or Mediterranean complexion mm-hmm. that did not in any way, shape or form match the pasty Paquin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like yeah. what was the point? They and it's de-aged her. And, and, and her. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but it's not like anyone's like, oh my God, it's Anna Paquin. You know what I mean? So it's just like, what was the point of using Anna Paquin in this? It looks nothing like this child. The skin tone is completely yeah. off. Does, she doesn't really have any lines. I mean, I get why she did it, but I just mm-hmm. don't understand, like, who picked Anna Paquin to play De Niro's kid. Just yeah. no resemblance in any way, shape, or form. I think Action Bronson had more lines. And the uh, the other girl who played his daughter as well, she's an actress. She does a lot of indie film. Mm. The blonde girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, her as well. I, I was just like, I don't understand why, like, I, I don't understand why these kids are being chosen to play uh, their children. I don't. Uh, uh, Marin Ireland. Mm. She's a really good actor, but she she looks as much like De Niro as she does Paquin. It's just like this family makes no sense. Um, Weird, strange casting. Yeah, I love that Jesse Plemons was in it. I love my I love my boys Jesse Plemons, Mm -hmm. Uh, Sebastian Maniscalco. In case you missed it, I don't know how you could. Yeah, uh, was also in this. The fuck out of here! The fuck out of (laughs) here! I didn't know that. But I, as soon as I saw his face, I was like, oh, my God. Mm. <laughs> and his character goes very well in this world, for yeah. sure. But it almost was 
a little too much for me because because you know Maniscalco is he is not his character on stage in real life. You know, he's much more toned down. He plays that up and he plays this like fucking loud Italian guy. This was like a parody of a parody of someone playing that character was so over the top. Listen, these people do exist. Uh, I lived in Brooklyn for several years. I've lived in the city for many years. I'm not going to say that I don't come across. I had that I didn't come across that Mm -hmm. and still won't. But I think for people that aren't from New York and aren't from the city, they assume that to be way more prominent than it is. Like we made fun of people that had this very extreme stereotypical Italian or like whatever ethnicity it was. Like when we, we had like a friend in the group that was like that, we always made fun of that person because it was so over the top. Mm -hmm. You see it. Yeah. But not everyone is like that. You're going to have more. It's like this little subcategory in like Bensonhurst and Staten Island of people that keep that shit going. But that's not like, not every Italian New York is like the fuck out of here. They don't all like they don't burp mortadella. You know, it's yeah. not like fucking mozzarella's coming out of their ears. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like you know, if they time they step, they leave like a provolone footprint or something. It that's not a thing. It's for some people it is, but it's not like the majority yeah. of people. Yeah, it was a little that that character was a little bit too much for me. Just that touch, mm. but. Again, what would you, I gave it a B. What would you give it? Yeah, I'd give it a B. It could be. All right. You know, I like that, you know, Martin Scorsese is, you know, he also embraces technology, which is nice, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of old school directors, they were like stuck on old school ways, but, you know, he's willing to like de-age an actor for almost an entire film. Which, is he only on film? Is he like Tarantino? I don't know. Probably. But at least like, you know, mo- uh, visual effects and stuff, he's yeah. not afraid of. I love him and I think he's great. Yeah. Um. You're not going to love everything that somebody does. Uh, but I have to say, it, it felt like a long movie, but I was never like, oh. Yeah. You know, sometimes you hear three and a half hours, you're like, good grief. Like, Dances with Wolves. I saw that in the theater as a child. As a child, yeah. I saw that movie in the theater. Um, there was never a point where I was just like, oh, God, this is just painful. It it, it went, it, yeah, every it, it scene had its yeah. purpose and it was, it it was, was long, fine. but I wasn't like, oh. But, you know, I think, you know, we were watching it with somebody, but I have a feeling like if it was just you and I watching it, we probably would have been on our phones more. <laughs> <laughs> At some point. Yeah. Um, that's just that's just a disgusting, terrible habit that we have fallen into yeah. because of technology. That doesn't speak for the film. So that's that. Which is great about that's probably the thing about theaters that I like. Is Still that, enjoy that you can't get on your phone. Yeah. Like it for, physically forces me to not be able to be on my phone. I know. It's really bad. Yeah. We have to be better about that. Yeah. Because I watch stuff that I like, like that you don't like, that I am watching on my own and I'm like on my phone sometimes. Like there's a lull. I put my phone down shortly into The Mandalorian and this speaks volumes for me. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I don't, we already know my stance on the Star Wars and stuff, but I hate that everyone loves Baby Yoda Mm -hmm. as much as they do because they're just going to murder the whole franchise now and, and... but that bastard is so adorable yeah. that I am. I just want to know what happens. I thought you and were I watching never, it for Gina Carano for a second. No, <laughs> look, Gina Carano. We'll we'll get into this a little bit. Gina Carano. It, if you don't know who she is, she was an MMA fighter. Yeah. Um, she's in impeccable shape. Although there's a lot of haters out there that have commented on her girth. Um, she's a big fucking girl and. 
she's a fighter and you're not going to find that in most actresses, you know? Yeah. So obviously like she, but I just like, could we not have just, just grazed her through an acting course just quickly? Yeah. Not trying to be a dick here. I think she did but better just in didn't... this than anything else she's done, but that doesn't really mean, say much. Well, I mean, she barely spoke in Deadpool. Yeah. And then there was that other movie that she was in and I don't even remember her in it really. Oh, where she was like hunting people or whatever. Yeah, I, I I don't really remember much about it, but like Deadpool, well, she did she... that movie with uh, that uh, Soderbergh movie, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh no, I was... she's like in a dress. Oh, was that the same movie? No, I'm thinking the one where she had like the paint across her face. No, and... no, this, no. no, I'm thinking of that one. Um, but you know, she did. She was more of a presence in Deadpool. Yeah, she wasn't really like a you know she didn't yeah, act yeah. very much in it. Um, I don't know. I just yeah. It was the fucking Mandalorian. Yeah. How, like, let's just, uh, just some, the delivery was kind of weak and I just, I, I don't know. I, just, you know, funny I don't expect like, her to be like a, you know, an Academy Award winning actress for this, but I just feel like there's so much, this is, this is pretty high profile here. Yeah. Like, how was somebody not like, okay, let's just work on your delivery and like, let's really get this on point as, as best we can so that, Maybe that as a was. whole... All right. Well, then I'll leave that. I'm not going to say any more <laughs> than I don't want to be a mean girl. I just, uh, I, you know, um, I appreciate her because she, you know, she is who she is, you know, especially in, in this business. It's so easy to get torn down. When she first, when she came out as a fighter, she was very svelte and small. Um, she fell into the she Hollywood had world. She had weight though as a fighter. She was fighting. Yes, yeah, she should have been fighting at a higher. She was pushing was, to stay at yeah. that uh, at, at a lower at weight. Weight, but unfortunately, um, you know that Hollywood kicks in, and she did get the boobs and the teeth and the veneers, and you know, because there are times that I've seen her and stuff, and I didn't even know well, who she, she was. Had big boobs, didn't she? Didn't... No, she did not. Oh, oh God! See, now we're going into the like the I mean didn't girl know. cop. No, she very much enhanced things on her body. Mm. And um, and I feel like now, like the weight that she's at, this is probably her, like she's big boned, you know? Yeah. So it's like, this is probably where she's very comfortable. Um, and I think that's like awesome. Like she's yeah. fucking kicking ass and that's great. But I don't know, just like as a whole, it's just, it's, the, the acting is still important. Yeah. Or maybe it's not. Is it not supposed, is it supposed to be like, not, I don't, I don't I know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, she's obviously a pretty girl and, and she can fight and she brings a lot to the table. But yeah, I mean, as an as an actor, I think she's and she's been doing it long enough, you know, to to be at a higher level, I think. Well, I think you got lines like let's yeah. let's deliver these lines. Is I don't know. All right. I don't, like I said, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think I think this is. This is the most I've seen her uh, emote, I guess. Like, you know, she it was kind of like um, rallying the troops and all that sort of thing. And, and and I had never really seen her in that. That one movie, they just totally replaced her whole voice, right? So that was like a... I think so. That was some movie they did. So I definitely see progression. Yeah, there's I'll just not that. a lot of range there. Yeah. It's, and it's going to... It's because you're hard-pressed, right? Like someone, a stronger actor is not going to be able to suddenly develop years of experience yeah. as a fighter and 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 be able to uh pull the choreography off on that yeah um whatever baby yoda is just adorable and i love him and i want him to be real and he's not yeah and i think they and i and i i'm so happy toads, that they though. went with a puppet and not with CG. their original cg because that would have just been so weird i don't know how he kept up 
I don't want to give spoilers away, but they're like walking together and Baby Yoda yeah. like kept up with them. I'm he, like, that, mm, I, I found that really strange too. Himself, like, because boom, boom, when boom. he walks off the ship, he's got like a good 10 feet yeah. ahead of him and he's like struggling to get his little feet. And then all of a sudden he's right behind him. And I'm yeah. like, well, this thing doesn't run, obviously. Yeah. So um, he reminds me of like a wind up toy. Like that's how yeah. his feet, like one in front of the other. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just want to smush that little face. Yeah. Whoever thought. That I, it's something Star Wars related that I would put my phone down and be like, so if that, once they get rid of that character, if they do, like, I am out. Mm. Just so you know. I'm in it while he's in it. And then if he's out of it, I'm gone. Mm-hmm. He lost me. Because other than that, there's nothing keeping my interest, really, if I'm being honest with you. Like, story-wise, yeah. I'm like, eh, I don't know. All I right. Like it. Although this most recent episode, episode four, not to, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but... It was but like, I will. But I will. You know, they went to a place and then, you know, I just don't want it to feel like it's Monster of the Week. I shouldn't, I mean, I I don't mind if it was Monster of the Week. Um, you know I'm what? Just interested that's to a see. really good description because that's how it feels to me. Yeah. It feels, I feel like you don't I, really I have of, to watch this in order even, sort I'd of. I'd kind of be okay with that. I don't know. I'm just, I'm on board for the ride. I don't, I'm, I'm excited for you whatever, are. you know, whatever. I'm very easy to please and. and You're Amanda Horian. I'm Amanda Horian. <laughs> We are meant for one another. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> okay. So um, that's it. This is a pretty long episode, actually, yeah. for us without a guest. We were just rambling. I don't know what's going on next week. I know the week after that, um, we are going to have the Steady Geek in, Reality Bomb, Peoples, whoever can make it. Yeah. Peoples, Megasode, Perry's going to be here. I don't know how we're going to. I don't know that we have enough seats or mics to even get everyone around. We might have we'll to share. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. Um, so do stay tuned. Uh, we're almost almost 80 episodes. Yeah, buddy. How is this happening? Yeah, We've buddy. yet to miss a week. Lucky you. Mm-hmm. Lucky you that you've not been able to escape us for even One a week. One week. <laughs> I will not grant you the pleasure of that. If you have any questions, suggestions, if you want to tell me what a big stupid jerk I am for yeah. not being a Pacino Pesci De Niro fan, slash do it there. Go Gorilla Film. You can email us at gogorillafilm at gmail.com. Twitter, which we don't check that often, but that's Go Gorilla Film as well. Could either insult us or shower us with yeah. praise. Either way, we will be equally affected. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you, except for you. You know who you are. <laughs> you people. But everybody else. <laughs> you know who you people are. All right. Okay. Bye. See you next week. Yeah. Yeah.